You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. JCN Clinic Podcast Show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And it's been a long time since you've had just the two of us. (laughs) Bloody long time. (laughs) We planned on being, well, correction, I planned on being a lot more regular with these and went into a perfect start almost at the start of the time away and then it failed dismally after that. (laughs) We we kept flying the flag in your absent coxie. It was fine. You did. It proved to be a lot harder than I thought, but also, yeah, you you guys did an awesome job. So, you know, yeah. one of those things. But we're we're back together. We're back. Well, we're not even together. We're in different parts of Australia. <laughs> yeah. We're lying already. We started our first podcast together with a fat lie. <laughs> Jess is somewhere in bloody Yak and Dander, and I'm somewhere in a room in bloody Manly. So, <laughs> neither of us are actually at the clinic. I'm sitting in a laundry to try and get the best sound and the best Wi-Fi because I'm in the country. And, yeah, and um, I'm sitting in the corner of a bedroom praying that my dog's not going to wake up and go ballistic barking. <laughs> <laughs> so forgive us if there's any sound issues. We're doing our best. Um, so far, so good from what I can see on this recording information in front of me. But if it gets a little bit tinny or a little bit weird, um, hey, just hang in there. Hang so. In there. Today, what we're going to be talking about is something that you guys hit me up a lot with while I was away, and it's about eating well when you're traveling overseas in particular. So Krista and I did a topic about traveling and healthy eating quite a while ago. I'll put the episode in the show notes, but it was more about just regional travel or maybe an overnight interstate situation. Um, but this time I wanted to deep dive with Carissa more into like overseas and extended travel where a lot of people struggle hardcore, um, and also just are really lost on what to do. So it's going to be fun and it's all fresh in my mind because I've yeah, been living exactly. it. I just was like, that's just literally saying to Jess, everyone listening beforehand that I feel like I'm not going to, I've got some stuff to offer, but considering like my overseas travel consists of me going to Stratty most of the time, <laughs> <laughs> how much insight I'm going to have, but I'm here for moral support and just to throw my two cents worth in where I want to. <laughs> well, Stratty, like you say, Stratty is actually overseas, right? You're getting in a vessel that's taking you overseas, so... <laughs> agree you don't have to convince me I have this argument with everyone (laughs) (laughs) so I thought we'd actually start with getting there um, which is a big part in itself that the flying so there's there's getting on a plane and flying somewhere where it's actually a long flight and obviously that's to and from Um, and I think this is a big one that we are we probably did touch on this again with the regional flights, but it's a big one for people in regards to extended time on planes where you will probably need to eat. Um, And also there's going to be limitations in what you can pack and take with you onto the plane. I think people get a little bit confused about that. 
So I thought we could talk a little bit about that. And it will differ a bit depending on where people are flying as far as how lax those rules can be. Generally, if you're flying into Australia or New Zealand, that's where it's going to be the hardest. Anywhere else in the world is actually pretty easy. That's what everyone says. Everyone's like, you can take whatever the bloody hell you want out of Australia into other countries yeah. and try, just don't try not to bring it back. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, I was just so sure on getting into Rome that I would just have everything just... <laughs> taken away from me or at least they would go through all of my luggage like my my well both bags were packed with so much food crap but particularly my carry-on one when we actually got to customs they we I declared everything and they just were like meh just waved just straight through and I was like yes this is so <laughs> exciting but you know so ironic considering that collagen that followed me halfway around the bloody country literally what I was about to say I'm like it's unless it's freaking collagen <laughs> yeah. that is I was literally I couldn't stop laughing like I felt bags I know how much you wanted your collagen but considering like we spent so much time talking about whether or not you should take it and I was just like no nah, you'll be able to like little is well traveled over here I'm like no you'll be able to get it don't bloody take collagen it takes up so much room blah 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 and then you couldn't get it and then it was delayed it was held up at customs when the girls told me that I literally just lost my shit <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's fucking what it's collagen I kept replaying that conversation too. I remember um, Michelle literally sitting at reception Googling collagen and she was like, no, no, it's either you'll be able to get it over there. And I was like, liars. <laughs> I know. I'm like, we're like lucky she's in another bloody continent. She can't kill us from over there. <laughs> All right. So and then I'm like, over by the time she gets back so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to flying and you're going overseas there's there's a few different components there's being in the airport itself and how long you're there for because usually you've got at least three to four hours of being in an airport and then there's getting on the flight and then how long you're flying for so I think in regards to having food at the airport um for me, and I'm sure it'd be for you and a lot of people, we sort of, again, to talk about that podcast in the past, there's there's an area there where generally you can take a little bit of food in with you. Um, but essentially, once you kind of book in and walk through that customs area, you're not going to be able to have any liquids with you to walk through. So on the other side, you kind of need to think about, you know, what, what do I need? But generally, having a meal that you've packed into a container to eat on the other side while you're waiting for your plane is not going to be an issue. So I think, you know, the big part of what we're going to be talking about today is being pre-prepared and also realistically how much of a priority eating well is for you throughout your travels. So if it is important to you to feel well and eat well, then you're going to take that extra five or 10 minutes to pack some food into a little container that you can take along to the airport, whatever that may be. Um, and then with the liquids, once you walk through, if you've got your water bottle, I mean, it sounds like a no brainer, but you can fill it up with some water on the other side. It's just making yeah. sure that, yeah, you don't pack, um, say a soup or you don't pack something that, you know, the liquid portion of your meal is, is a priority because that's where you're going to run into troubles. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
the actual flight though is the the sort of the main area people get stressed about so again you can actually take a lot of your own food onto the flight so if you want to pack food that's what i did um i just packed some staples which i think is really helpful so i had pre-toasted some um, gut friendly bread that I took on and a couple of balls. <laughs> I lost my shit when I saw that, by the way. I was like, of course, she pre toasted the bread. Yeah, of course. Otherwise, it's full fall apart on me and my yeah, suitcase. It makes sense. I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, all the things I'm like, she remembered to toast her gut friendly bread. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think taking some basic snacks and, and, um, I guess some sort of like carbohydrate base, like whether it's some crackers or a piece of bread is really valuable to have with you. Um, other than that, once you're on these long haul flights, you can pre-order meals. Now, you can't, unfortunately, for a lot of flights, order more than one thing. So if you order gluten-free, you can't order dairy-free, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I think they're slowly going to get there. Or you can't order vegan and then order gluten-free. So you kind of need to make a call on what works best for you. Um, yeah, yeah. So I personally this time did gluten-free, um, which was kind of helpful and kind of not, um, and then just sort of worked around it on the plane as far as what I could have. But honestly, even without that, like most of these long-haul flights will have meals for you where there'll be three options of an entree and three options of a main and then snacks. There's so much food they're throwing at you all the time. It's ridiculous. So you'll be able to get some form of basic salad of vegetables or some form um, of fruit that you can have or put with the just a bit of random laundry pot as I said that, um, <laughs> that you can put with your ingredients that you brought along with you. So yeah. personally, I think that, with the food, combining the food on the plane, just absolute basics with what you bring on with you, you can easily make sure you've got enough to eat. And let's face it, you're, you're sitting down in a plane, you're not moving, like your appetite's not going to be ravenous. You're usually pretty sedentary. And most people, if anything, just eat out of boredom and overeat. That's what I was going to say. Like, I think at the end of the day, like most long haul flights, like, you're in the air for like what 14 hours and yeah. then you've got to stop over somewhere you've usually got a couple of hours if you're eating before you get on the plane you have a lot more control over what's yeah. going into your mouth mm -hmm. you might need or like let's just say you're in in the air for 14 hours you should realistically only need like maybe a snack and a meal or a exactly. snack meal snack to kind of get you through i think um i do think a lot of people i think a lot of people just go oh, i'm on holidays it's just let's just eat like oh. which yeah. And it's just like, that's what I sort of see. I see people just like ordering and ordering and ordering. I'm like, dude, you're not even off the plane yet. Like, <laughs> well, it's, like, it's so true. A perfect example, you bring up a really good point. Like you eat before you get on the plane and then generally over that extended period of time, there's going to usually be a sleep pet period in that too. So yeah. for me, honestly, really one meal <laughs> one meal was enough. And then one there's the liquids enough. that you have as well, which is another story. Other side of the coin, Damien, super excited, gets gets to the airport, eats everything in sight and yeah. has a few drinks to celebrate. Get onto the plane. Would you like a, a complimentary champagne, sir? Would you like blah, blah? He's like, yeah. All of the drinks, three-course meal again on the plane, passes out. 
and wakes up three or four hours later like death has taken over his body just the driest mouth ever he just goes on about how horrible he felt because he just like most people they just get into this excess holiday mode and really there's no need just because it's free in inverted commas believe me it's not free you pay a lot of money for that seat doesn't mean yeah. you need to eat everything they bring to you and even as a gluten-free meal I, I you feel bad because you probably end up wasting stuff but they bring out a tray and there's a lot of stuff on that and you don't need to eat the three gluten-free bread rolls plus a massive fruit platter plus xyz like just use yeah. what you need to get you through um with the minimal appetite you're probably going to have keep bloody hydrated like plenty of water drink the teas take the other thing i would say is take tea bags because a lot of Oh, a lot $4 of dollars for a tea bag, oh, five dollars for a tea bag is yeah. ridiculous. It's the best thing you can pack yourself. Pack yourself a whole lot of tea bags, lots of like digestive teas, peppermints, fennels, whatever you like, because you're gonna get more, feel more bloated and congested mm -hmm. with that pressure on the plane. Yeah, just keep keep the water up. It's, those are the things that are going to get you through. Like you really don't need that much food. Can we just have a conversation about? charging for tea bags like i have struggled <laughs> with this not even on not even just flying but everywhere like i get I it if you're in a cafe or sitting on a plane or something like that and they give you gourmet loose leaf tea then i'm yep. happy to pay between three dollars yep. fifty and five dollars but i'm sorry if you're just getting me a freaking twinings tea bag out of a tea pack that came from freaking woolworths and you're charging me five bucks from that because you had to add hot water yeah it's not okay it's so not <laughs> don't get me started oh my god between <laughs> so me mad about it and my mum and my sister who are avid tea drinkers we will just lose our shit over this conversation it's why with the cafe once it gets up and running like you should hear the extensive conversations we have about how we're going to serve tea and how oh, tea yeah. needs to be treated the same as how people look at coffee oh yeah, i agree no. If you're going to charge that price, it has to be – like remember that time we went to that place in the city where they, they bought the tea out and infused it and gave you an actual test taster of the tea first? Yes. And Like I don't mind paying five bucks for tea like that at all, but I'm mm -hmm. sorry. If you've got a Bushels tea bag or a Twining's tea bag. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, yeah, point of story, bring your own tea bags. Otherwise, you're going to end up having this conversation. That's right. <laughs> so to top off that air, yeah, so basically pack plenty of tea bags – Pack yourself a good size water bottle that you're going to empty on the other with customs, and then on the other side you can fill it up so you're hydrated. Pack some basic snacks, so hard stuff, whether it's just some nuts, some balls, those sorts muesli of bars. things, muesli bars. Yep. Um, anything that's kind of wet or squidgy, just put it in a little Ziploc bag when you go through customs because sometimes with that sort of stuff they might think it's plasticine and think it's part of explosive as weird as that is just put a little ziploc bag so they can just check it off and then just some basic whether it's some crackers or a piece of, of gf bread or whatever it is so you've just got something that's a base that you can add those easy veggies or salads or something to believe me there's yep. plenty of protein on there too but yeah it's not it's actually not that hard and you won't you won't starve <laughs> No, this is the other thing, right? Like you're not going to starve. Like, yeah. like realistically, if it's, you know, anywhere between 9 and 14 hours until your next airport or yeah. that is your airport destination, you should really probably only need one meal and yeah. 
and yeah. some snacks, like we said. Like, and even if you know, worst case scenario, the food which you can usually check out online beforehand mm. anyway, like, is not you can't really put much together. But if you've got enough snacks in your handbag, you'll survive. Yeah, you will. <laughs> it's the irony. People are so worried about what to eat and so forth. It's like, yeah, it's actually what not to eat is the problem. Yeah, exactly. So then, when you get there, so I wanted to talk. A lot about eating healthy overseas, of course, but then there's a lot of the questions that came up were eating with intolerances overseas, which is a big part of what we deal with it in the clinic as far as the big guns like the gluten and the dairy and I guess some people with yeah. eggs, et cetera, et cetera. And for me, this sort of really broke down to, into different categories. Um, and number one, particularly if you are going overseas and you're going for an extended period of time, because usually if you're going overseas and making the pilgrim from Australia in particular, you're not just going to go for a couple of days. It's going to be a couple of weeks at least invested. So self-prepping your own food can be, I think, invaluable. Um, Going to local supermarkets when you get settled No matter where you are in the world, there's going to be usually some form of local supermarket um, where you can go and get some basic produce. Um, If you need a health food store, like we're in the beautiful world now of the internet, so you can jump on your phone before you even hit the ground somewhere and check out where the local health food stores are. Just do that research before you go, which takes no time at all, like literally health food store, Rome. Like it's not, it's not hard. There'll be some stuff that comes up, but Health food stores even aside, like as we always talk about at JCN, like eating well day to day, we're not talking about fancy ingredients. We're talking about general whole foods. So if you can go somewhere, whether it's a supermarket or just a fruit and veg store and grab some basic fruit and veg and some basic grains and a little bit of protein, like you've, you've got your bases covered. You don't need... To go and find a health food store to realistically buy, you know, a $6 bag of overpriced quinoa or <laughs> some gluten-free <laughs> bread, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, true, it's true. I definitely say to all my clients as well, I'm like, it's like, honestly, it's, it's just a larger scale of what we do here when we're going out yeah. for dinner. Like all of us here when we're like... It's, I think it's just a foodie thing. But if you're going to eat somewhere, you don't just rock up at the freaking restaurant. Yeah. You stalk the restaurant on social media. Mm-hmm. You download yeah, their menu. You have a look at what you can pick apart and what you can't pick apart. You decide what you're going to eat and then you go to the restaurant. That's yeah. how I roll anyway. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I know a lot of – I've based a lot of my friendships that are with people that I eat out around this commonality. <laughs> so <laughs> – so I just think you just need to just take that small little foodie thing that we all do just because we love and get excited and just, you know, make that a bigger scale. Like if you're going overseas or you're going into the unknown, you're going to be there, just yeah. do your bloody research. Like I, I get all my clients, like especially the ones that are on super strict diets, like I feel like we're kind of – most countries now, gluten-free, dairy-free is a lot easier to navigate. Well, exactly. seems to be when, when my clients come back and they've been like, yeah, it was actually not too bad and blah, 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 blah. Like garlic, onion, eggs get a little bit trickier yeah. um, and all those sorts of things like – Traveling on FODMAPs, bit of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, doable, but you've got to make a lot of food yourself. Yeah. Um, but I just say to people, like, exactly like what you were saying, like, look up your health food store, look up your local cafes. Mm-hmm. You might be totally surprised when you get over there and you might find a whole host of things you didn't know about that weren't online. But just make sure for peace of mind you know what you're walking into a little bit That's from a food right. perspective. 
like what's the local supermarket like are there local markets so you can go and get exactly like that some whole grains and a bit of fresh produce maybe a fish market or mm-hmm. you know whatever and usually more often than not there's always stuff around that's right so and interestingly particularly in Europe like they're very ahead like we tend to have this concept in our minds that we're not going to be able to find gluten-free or whatever it is when we go abroad but they're just as progressive as us like you're going to be able to find just as much there as you can find here if not more in a lot of places um, I just wanted to start acting like a caveman then. It's, like, it's like we think we're so much more advanced. It's like, mm, nope, these guys have been doing food for way longer. Right. They're all over it. <laughs> and those staples, as you were just saying, like if you're dealing with um, quite a lot of restrictive eating, it's thinking about even when you're at home, okay, what are my, my staples that get me through? What can I do here? Can I purchase them when I get over there? Probably not an issue. Well, what can I just throw into my bag and like, take with probably. me? my staple like collagen (laughs) you can take a lot of these things over with you yeah um and i guess when i'm talking about that buying produce and so forth then i'm like kind of leading towards preparing your own food which we'll sort of talk about but before we dive into that you just brought up also about the eating out concept so i think when it comes to intolerances Definitely doing the research and looking, as you said, at what your options are with where you're staying. There will be multiple options usually, whether it's you're looking for FODMAP friendly through to gluten-free, you'll be surprised. Um, The other thing I would say is that depending on where you're going, just put a little bit of pre-thought into understanding the very basics of the language around the words that you need to know. So if if it's really important for you to eat gluten-free FODMAP friendly, you can't touch garlic. Just learn those simple, simple words that you can say to a waiter or waitress. And I know that sometimes that can make people uncomfortable as it can even in Australia with English language. But it's again that that conversation that might make you squirm for 20 seconds in your seat that's going to save you sometimes days of feeling really unwell. And a lot of these places just like here are very used to having... Um, some sort of option to give you so as easy as just saying do you have a gluten-free pasta over in Italy or France as you would here so you can sit down and enjoy that as opposed to going oh I don't know I'm just gonna have to eat the whatever and then feel sick for days so I just I can't emphasize enough how just it, for me that falls back into that little research and it's fun right like if you're going to another yeah. country you put in the effort to learn how to say hello and thank you and you know, yeah. do I turn left or right or whatever it might be? Yeah, Just learn yeah. how to ask, do you have gluten-free, whatever it is. Or, yeah, it's just for me that was a really important aspect. And it meant that for myself um, I could really enjoy eating out and I didn't have to, like, I, like you, I love to just – get online and Insta and find all the best places and all the alternative places too. But it also meant that I could let go of any stress in regards to just walking around the street sometimes and just going somewhere randomly um, and walking to a place within reason and be able to order something because there would usually on most menus like anywhere be something you can make work. There's one time in three months that we got up and left a restaurant and it was my own fault because I didn't ask before I walked in, 
should have. And it was 100% pizza. That's all they did. And they didn't do anything else. And they didn't have GF pizza bases. So we got up and left and went somewhere else. And other than that, every other time, not an issue because I asked. That day I was just lazy and tired. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's okay because you're on holidays. That's right. (laughs) Um, And also with the eating, I guess, with intolerances too, another really big saviour, which we've touched on, is the snacks. So I think same as we say to our clients, we've talked about before, if you're out and about having something with you that you can have if you do get caught out. So if you've had breakfast and you're out all day and you're starving and there's nothing around for some reason, you've got something basic, like whether it's a piece of fruit or some nuts or a muesli bar, that was really valuable again for me. And they'd be just simple things that I'd picked up at a supermarket. It might be a banana. It might be a 99 cents pepita bar from the supermarket. Yeah, like, yeah. It was basic things that got me through. Yeah, but that's all it needs to be. Like it yeah. doesn't have to be complicated. Like it's like so many things that we talk about. Like it's it doesn't have to be complicated. Like sim- simple no. is fine. If it gets you through and that's what you need to do, like there's nothing yeah. wrong with having a banana in your handbag. Yeah. If that's what if that's what you know, you're exactly right. Like if you're doing out a day of sightseeing and all of that and you don't know that, you know, where you're going to be stopping for lunch or afternoon tea or something like that, just make sure mm-hmm. you've got a few things in your handbag to get you through in case you just don't have any options when you are out. Yeah, so. exactly. And even I only made protein balls in the last week of being there and it was only because I wanted to use up stuff that I had, like – yeah, you know, other that's to sort of show like how simple the snacks were that we were using. Or I was yeah. using. So I was just trying to think what Damien was snacking on, but it was probably lollies, <laughs> wine, <laughs> or pastries. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of pastry shots at pastry um, posts actually. <laughs> God, he ate so many. I don't blame him. Oh. It'd be hard not to. Like, I would definitely, like, I know, like, if I was over in Europe, like, there would be certain things I would just try and suck it up. Like, like, gut pain or not, gluten or not, like, um, it'd be things I'd just be like, I'll deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) I'll deal with this for you. (laughs) In saying that, there's, I think I might have put up a post right at the start in Florence. There's a a bakery called Stabene and they do, it's a hundred percent gluten free and then they do dairy free as well, but they do all the traditional pastries and breads and oh, you can walk in and buy this big fat focaccia studded with artichokes oh. and tomatoes, which is a hundred percent DFGF and what? then at like pastries, like an apple turnover pastry. Oh my God. Just, I went nuts. In there. I would just, just sit there in a candy all day store. and eat and just get them to keep feeding me coffee as a digestive <laughs> <tonic>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like another short back black please I have more pastries to consume <laughs> um, so talking back to the the sort of long-term medium to long-term travel as far as generally eating well um, and I was talking we we're talking before about kind of buying ingredients and having stuff with you I personally think that investing in a few items for yourself if you're going to be there for more than maybe I don't know even two to three weeks depending on what works for you and how much you're moving around um, how much you're driving is looking at these are things that for me were great was a cooler box or an esky no one knows what an esky is in Europe but some form of (laughs) really (laughs) no way 
Well, do you know something that was hilarious with the Esky we bought? It was like a little box that we could plug into the car, which I would say is invaluable. So plug it into the car, keep things cool. Then when you get to where you are, you can just empty into a fridge or keep it running in your room. But yeah. the way it was like blue top with a white base and it had the grills in it for obviously the air, like the air vents. But we arrived on an island of <laughs> island off an island off Sicily and we had a lot of shit. Like and we had downsized it to go to this island for a few days. But even to the point, obviously because I'm food obsessed, we got annoyed with not being able to get herbs in certain places so either you're picking them wild or sometimes you couldn't find them and they don't sell them at the supermarket usually because you usually buy them anyway so Damien and I were at a market in the first month and we literally bought um a thyme and a um what is it in English um thyme and sage a thyme and sage bush in a like in pots so we were traveling with these pots of herbs so we pull up on this island this guy's in this tiny little car we're getting out all our luggage and just like, what the hell? And then he sees these pots of herbs and then we get the esky and he's like, oh my God, you bought your cat? Like, oh, I thought it was a cat box. Oh my God. Literally thought that we also, once he saw all the herbs, that we'd rocked up with a pet cat as well all the way from Australia. <laughs> but yeah, so this, this cooler box was great because it meant you could travel around and put your basic whether it's for me it was like milks yogurts or like the other probably the most important aspect was leftovers so we could like have our leftovers on the go which meant we had lunches covered or we had easy dinner stuff it cost us 40 euros or something at the start it was perfect and the best thing that we bought I bought a really cheap and go to commas Nutribullet. It cost me like 19 euros. I used it heaps. Um, I made almond milk in it a couple of times. I don't know how it didn't explode. Um, <laughs> Damien made mayo in it. It was worth every cent. Um, and then just staple pantry supplies. So I would just pick up at different shops. I slowly build up different flowers, different Olive nuts oil, and seeds. Yeah, all the basics. So I just had that. Now we were driving around in a car and we had the ability to do that. But I think most people who are going overseas and they're going to be traveling for an extended period of time, usually going to hire a car um, and have the capabilities to carry around a few things like that. Now you don't have to do it. But if you are looking at the sort of holiday where you want to be able to cook and make your own food a bit, they're the sort of things that I would highly recommend. And booking accommodation, like looking for whether it's um, an Airbnb or whatever it is, just get somewhere with a little kitchenette um, that's going to have an oven or it's going to have some form of grill that you can cook on. It's going to have a fridge. Um, For me, they were really important. But I know someone asked, you know, if you don't have cooking equipment, obviously, there's still staples that you can buy. Like this is something where like broken records about at JCN, there's always a way you can, as we often show, I know you and Emma, so you do it numerous times while I was away with your lunches. It might be just, you know, a basic um, salad with some canned tuna and you throw some um, pre-cooked brown rice in. Like those things are everywhere. You don't have to have that cooking equipment. No, that's exactly right. And it's it's the same even though like when you travel like just like domestically and mm-hmm. stuff, I know we've covered that with clients. Like, you know, we always you, we always do, but I definitely highly re- recommend checking out what cooking facilities you're going to have. Like mm-hmm. I always 
if I'm staying somewhere, book somewhere that's got a kitchenette or a kitchen. Like I can work with a microwave if I have to, but I'd much prefer a cooktop. Like if you can just get something that's so basic because then you can just cook yourself eggs. Like again, food doesn't have to be simple, but if you can cook yourself up some eggs for breakfast or if you don't have that, like, you know, eat some tinned fish or, you know, and you've got your rice crackers and all of that Mm. stuff. Like you you can create some pretty like epic hearty little meals even just yeah. with one one cooktop like you just need a yeah. fry pan and a cooktop you can fry and saute up veggies you mm-hmm. can you know most places have a microwave yeah. um you know so you can just heat up some pre-cooked rice like you can do so much with very little it's just thinking about it in advance not kind of rocking up to a place and be like oh shit we've got nothing to cook with yeah like actually having a look and just find out especially if, if food is important to you and eating healthy and well is important and it's something you want to like do your best to maintain while you're like while you're traveling in mm. a way like they're just little things you just suss out first so That's you know right. what you're, again so you know what you're walking into yeah and again it highlights that priority really doesn't it because it could become a lot of this stuff i think just becomes an excuse um which I know is a bit harsh, but it's true. A lot of us can potentially go, it's too hard, don't have a kitchen, I don't have this, I don't have that, oh, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to grab something to eat and it's too yeah. hard to figure out what's healthy for me so I'm just going to eat whatever. Like It's just like this cascade of effects. But yeah. whether you're – really this is a space whether you're overseas or you were just flying somewhere into state or even just popping out for lunch sometimes because you forgot your lunch. Like there's, it's, it, it really is a question of how much is this a priority to you? How important is it to you? Without getting overly obsessive about it, but, you know, we, this, we're talking here about more of a long-term eating situation. So, yeah. when you know, it's not just like one meal out. We're talking a consistent amount of weeks, meal after meal, where you I need to weigh so. it up. I think some of the funnest things about like traveling and that is making makeshift meals when you've got fuck all to use. Like I I actually love it. Like I love when you really like a, when you're camping or you're doing a road trip or, and you've just got limited utensils and you're, and you've either just got tinned stuff or you've got, you know, and you have to get creative. Like it's such a challenge. Like, and I, like I find it, I've created some of my best meals with limited stuff and limited cooking stuff and the stuff you come up with, with granted i've probably usually had a few like beers first or something like that (laughs) that makes it taste better (laughs) but but honestly i've created some of my best stuff like that i remember one time um and i can't remember i've said this in another podcast i probably have when we've been talking about food prep and stuff but where like we lost power where i was living for five days and obviously for us power means you have no water to Mm -hmm. pump water out of tanks and all of that so we were you know showering at friends places and stuff but we could not use anything we had an electric oven um yeah so basically we had to get a pot belly stove going and just cook off the top of that so like you just we had nothing in fridges we had stuff sitting in eskies we had to throw a lot of stuff out so it was basically whatever we had herbs from the garden um just some you know some meat that was in freezers going off because none of our big freezers were frozen beef like it was just one of those crazy scenarios where you're just chucking stuff into pots and using one pot cook-offs on top of a pot belly stove like I was actually shitty when the power came back on (laughs) (laughs) I'm having so much fun this is like camping but this is life Uh, so true. Like you can get, like you can loathe it, or you can actually just take it as part of the adventure and really like immerse yourself and look at what's around you to use. Like there's always, I always think, no matter where you are, there's always something that you can 
find and use. Like that's what yeah. I've always come across too. Mm-hmm. Like Rando haven't done anywhere near the amount of traveling as what other people have, but I've been in some pretty like crazy situations where you are kind of stuck or you are in the bush or you are on like a beach somewhere and you just don't have certain things. You're like, right, how are we going to make this work? And yeah. you just do. You just so, do. If you want it to work, it yeah, you make yeah. it work. And as we keep reiterating it, we're not talking some five-star meal situation. We're just talking Shit, no. basics. <laughs> and one of a meal that I mean, I guess we were doing it sort of similar before we went, but something that Damien and I did consistently and continue to do, even with being still homeless at the moment, is just like a one pan meal situation. So if you've got some form of something to cook on, like whether it's one stovetop or one plug in yep. little electric fry pan at an accommodation, was just chopped up thinly, different types of root veggies we can get our hands on with some form of protein, just yeah. straight into a pan with olive oil, salt and pepper, that's it. And then whatever the green is we can get, like whether it was some asparagus or broccoli or just a handful of rocket thrown on it at the end, like that's it. And it's delicious. Like it's so delicious. It's just basic food just done really simply. So yeah. then <sighs> yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. a sort of moving sideways question that a lot of people were interested in. And I totally get it. Um, It was more about what you can do if you do feel unwell. So you obviously you're doing all the things and you're trying to eat well, but sometimes shit happens. So what can you potentially take with you, maybe buy with if you're overseas? But ideally, I think people were just like, what can I take as my little arsenal (laughs) in case I feel unwell? Um, yeah. and I think we've got some standouts that we usually, we have, we've got a toolkit for yeah, people traveling. Like we definitely do. And depending on where they're going is how amped up the arsenal. To <laughs> yes. Like if you're going to Southeast Asia, Indonesia, um, South America, you, you get the arsenal. If you're, <laughs> <laughs> so true. if you're just going to Europe, um, America, Canada, New Zealand, you get the, you just get the just in case arsenal. <laughs> you also, with, with the first one you mentioned, besides the full arsenal, you get, you get the look on our face when you tell us, <laughs> but we're like, worked so well on getting your gut to a certain point and then you tell us you're going to South America yeah. and you get this look from us that is just like <laughs> not happy. Yeah, that's just bloody great. I have lost count of the amount of clients that that has happened to. Hey, like we get their gut pretty good or they're halfway through a gut protocol and they come in they're like, so don't be mad but, and I'm like, what? And they're like, I booked a holiday to Bali. I'm like, fucking awesome. <laughs> Oh, I've booked a holiday to Mexico or I'm going to Argentina. I'm like, this is great. All right, here's all the stuff you're going to need. <laughs> Empty your suitcase and your clothes because you need all of this. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Are you mentioning, um, mentioning our arsenal? Or? Yeah, well, I just – I think – without getting into too much detail because obviously things are going to differ, as you said, to a point, but I think it was worthwhile – talking about some of the, the biggies, like I, I personally took with me and I, I, I found them valuable was some form of a good enzyme. Um, we've got a couple of good favorites. Like I'm not going to go into brands, but from a practitioner point of view that we would utilize depending on what we think people need. But 
Enzymes can be wonderful um, for helping you digest meals and if you're out at a restaurant or if there's something you're eating and you're just like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go, yeah. taking a couple of enzymes along with that could be really beneficial. If you've eaten something and it's just feeling really upset in your stomach, those enzymes can be wonderful. I think yeah. with travel, a broad spectrum enzyme with some form of um, stomach acid support is really great to look at including. Um, I think good old slippery elm, which we always talk about in a million yeah. different facets, but slippery elm is something that you can take and pack with you quite easily. It's light, it's inexpensive. You can not use it the whole time or you might find that you use it a couple of times a day if you're feeling angry in the stomach, you've been inflamed or your bowels have been upset. So they're just they're things too that I think you can get in most places so if you don't take them with you you could probably walk into a health food store or even a chemist and pick them up um and the other one i think Good is old-fashioned sb yeah yeah which we <laughs> again that's i don't know like it's a funny one with europe as you're saying like i think you can pack it and i like to send people away with it as a just-in-case, right? Yeah, like I think – and I think too, like to be honest, like most people like that bit of security. Like yeah. I think I, – I love I love enzymes. I always send people with enzymes because yeah. I'm like – I'm like if anyone – I do think we all attract our own types of clients. Yeah. And I know a lot of my clients are like me and they're <laughs> going to go over and they're going to do their best but they're also going to push the bloody boundaries. Yeah. And <laughs> So I can completely respect that. Yeah. I would do the same thing. So I'm just like enzymes are going to get you out of that shit situations or at least help if you have glutened yourself a few times or yeah. dairied yourself a few times or, yeah. you know, just those little things. But I think I think most people like to not go over there, especially for all – like we all care about our gut health and we want to have a holiday that's uninterrupted by, mm. you know, crazy gut symptoms. So having just that little care package for exactly right, like just in case shit mm. hits the fairness. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So SB, I think, or Saccharomyces boulardii, if anyone who doesn't know what SB is, is just I feel like it's freaking invaluable. Like yeah. that has just been a game changer for me, like, well, I don't think I've ever copped anything crazy serious mm. when I've been on holidays, but I know just for my gut when I have pushed things or something mm. like that, like SB is bloody great. But for my clients and your clients, obviously, I know you'd be the same, um, just traveling overseas and picking up a gut bug or something yeah. and just knowing full well that they can smash this one little probiotic strain yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it can really help be the difference between suffering for a week and suffering for a couple of days yeah so true yeah i've i've had experiences myself particularly in more in asia particularly in bali where it's just been a game changer to have it and you can take it in those places as just a once a day insurance which i think smart in those types of countries but then you can okay. high dose it if needed, if you feel something, come on. Um, and I've certainly seen the difference between one person taking it and the other person not. Uh, and it is, it's nice just to have as a just in case. We try to yep. get anyone who's going away to have it because sometimes you just don't know. Like it might even be a water situation where you just have some dodgy water. But um, I don't know, for me, they were sort of like the three that I think are worthwhile mentioning. And I know that if you don't have a practitioner that you're working with that you can get you practitioner products they're generally something similar that you could pick up retail wise yeah. and it is i think definitely worthwhile taking with you um and for just I, that peace of mind i send a lot of my clients off to um like 
again, the places where they're more likely to get something. So, yeah, like mm. Indonesia, Southeast Asia. I shouldn't say, just say Southeast Asia, Asia, but more like, you know, like we're talking like Thailand, yeah. Vietnam, Cambodia, like those sorts of places where you're doing a lot of traveling, you, you know, mm. your food sometimes can be a bit questionable. So there's a much higher chance you're going to pick things up. South America, I send a lot of my clients over with an antimicrobial as well. Mm, so just yes, something basic, so. but just depending on where they're at with their gut, journey like if they're pretty good again it's a just in case thing mm. um sometimes i'm like look i'll actually get them two weeks before they go especially if they're going for a good 10 days to a couple of weeks i'm like yeah. i'll actually kind of almost like prime their gut a bit yeah with a bit of antimicrobial work and sb just to kind of get it ready because sb's yeah. got these amazing immune modulating yeah. things as well that it does in the gut for everyone that doesn't know that but like you've got to remember too like when you're going to a different country you're exposing your entire body and your entire gut microbiome to a completely different mm. bacteria and microbial environment so even mm-hmm. if you're one of the lucky and you know like people that don't necessarily pick up barley belly or pick up a parasite there's still like if you've got a slightly sensitive gut or a bit of a you know a gut that responds with some sort of immune response you know quite easily then you want to kind of prep your gut and prepare it for mm-hmm. what it's about to experience and mm-hmm. you know so I always say for my clients that are a bit more trigger I know they're the kind of people that probably are more likely to pick up something or react a bit more. Like I actually prep and prime their gut before they go just so they've got that little bit of antimicrobial work done and they've got that SB in there and then they go and at least they're, you know, when they're exposed to all these different foods with this whole different like bacterial ecosystem on it. Like I explain that to people, like you're eating different foods, like the bacterial in their soil is different. The Mm, bacteria, everything's just so different. So you can just, yeah, look after your body a bit and do these really cool things that just kind of helps it just deal with it better so yeah 100 100 percent. i think it's maybe you know we could say we're biased but i just think it's it's very money well <laughs> yeah. spent to have just some of those that it, number one a bit of work done prior to going if needed and then more than anything having those particular supplements in your suitcase as an if needed it's just yeah. and it can be particularly if you're away for a while like, you know, to, to be away and have those with you. And even, as you said, if you've got some form of antimicrobial too, to be able to, to say, flick you flick us an email and go, oh, my God, I've got gastro where we can be like do A, B and C and know you've got everything. Like yeah. as opposed to we see clients that will come through our door who are six months post some gastro, horrendous gastro episode in Indonesia um, who have never really had any form of treatment and like the lingering effects of that. So it just, yeah. God, it pays dividends to have those things with you. I wish I knew when I traveled in Asia in my Your young travel 20s. stories bloody scare me. Oh, my travel <laughs> stories are bad. <laughs> They're bad, like, man. They're real bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I think you've actually put me off Asia. But, um, but like how many times have you had like clients come back like I've had clients that you've done they've done the work they've done the prep work if they've needed to or you've done a lot of gut work with them you give them their little care package to take away and they come back from their holiday and they're just like hey guess what I didn't get barley belly or hey guess yeah. what all my mates got it and I didn't or mm-hmm. everyone got sick and I got sick for 12 hours and I was over it or yeah. I gave my friends a couple of like you know the antimicrobials I'm like you can do that just don't tell me that you're doing it but if you are <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so, you know, and they like the ones that took the antimicrobials and the SB daily or they give it to their partner, you know, they don't they don't get as sick as the people that didn't do it. So, yeah. you know, like anecdotally, like the the proof is there. Like yeah. you know, time and time and time again, people are like, Yep, that worked and I'm like, arsenal baby. <laughs> we should offer this so that I'm just thinking as it gets closer to the holidays, maybe we need to offer a little JCN holiday arsenal package. <laughs> Prime your gut before you go and prime your gut for the festive season. We just need G-Tox and a bloody IV drip for everyone post-Christmas. <laughs> I've been craving G-Tox since Same, we got actually. back. I'm so taking it when I get up there next week. I'm like, yeah. I need some G-Tox. Yeah, I actually haven't done it for ages and like it's been on my mind the last couple of weeks. So I'm like, I just feel like I need G-Tox at the moment. <laughs> <We're> so sick. <laughs> it's like a drug. <laughs> Oh, so the next I had on my list as we come to the end is um, sort of ironically we're talking about care packages and make sure you've got all these things, but it's actually on the flip side and we have a, um, talked about this a little. It's just not getting overly stressed about all of this. Yeah. You're going away. You're going on a holiday. We want you to have a good time. Sometimes things are going to be beyond your control. Sometimes yeah. you're going to order something and it's going to come out and it's not going to be what you thought. Or you're going to eat something that you didn't mean That's to eat. Or, or you're just going to go, I'm going to try that pastry and whatever. Yeah. Like, it's okay. There's so yeah. much undue stress you can put on yourself by constantly worrying about everything you put on your in your mouth. Obviously, yeah. that goes for overseas or at home. But when you're yeah. going away, we see with our clients, they get very, very anxious and stressed because the food isn't in control as they've been able to keep it contained in their own home. And you're going to do yourself more undue stress and potential damage by getting so worked up over it. Um, yeah, but no, like, yeah, yes. you go. Yeah, like what I was going to say, like I just say to my clients, there's nothing like – like obviously it's not 100% accurate because sometimes there's going to be shit that can happen that is really going to throw a spanner in the works. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, there's nothing that they can do to themselves over there that we can't like undo hopefully via email. <laughs> <laughs> but you know like they'd have to like I said a lot of my clients you'd have to really go over there and you have to do a good job and trash your gut to yeah. really upset it so much that it warrants yeah. this amount of stress exactly. so like just go and enjoy yourself and look hey if you eat a bit of gluten you'll probably handle it better than you think because it's exactly. not Australian wheat it's European wheat yeah. um, you know like you completely should be less stressed because you're on a holiday like just don't like I'm just like just do your best but still enjoy yourself and have a holiday and if shit hits the fan email me and I'll tell you what to do to sort it out but, yeah that's right <laughs> but it's you're gonna have to give it a pretty hard red hot crack to really <laughs> undo all of this work so please don't Six. but <laughs> yeah but it just it comes back to being sensible again and it's that it's just juggling where that sits for you because everyone's different some people they need to be a little bit more stricter because they really, really suffer when they eat certain foods and that's okay. And then for others, it may not be as much of a consequence if they double a bit more, but getting really stressed about it and not enjoying your holiday because of it is just, it's just, it's a not on. I know even sometimes I could see Damien getting more stressed and worrying about me. Like we'd be going somewhere to find a restaurant. I'm like, don't worry about it. Like I can find something to eat anywhere. Like it doesn't have to say that they job. offer gluten-free 
pasta like do you think I want to eat pasta every day for three months like I can have some veggies and protein and like it's I don't want to stress about it like yeah I'll do the best that I can but if I end up like eating a bit of flour coated on this or whatever it is that I or I'm like I'm just going to try that dish then I'm just going to try it like yeah don't let it ruin that time take all of the things we're set into consideration because obviously for an extended period of time, you don't want to have that ah, stuff it attitude because then yeah. you end up in the scary basket, <laughs> maybe the harder ones to fix. Like I'm just going to drink everything and eat everything. Yeah. And three months, three months three of trying to that. body might not be ideal, but two That's weeks right. you'll get away with a little bit more than what you would. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, so I just I really wanted to highlight that one because yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's so biggie. true. Like it's huge. I just yeah, just I just say this to everyone like just go and have a holiday enjoy and just yourself. enjoy yourself and yeah. just don't sweat it too much. Like yeah. I I honestly think that most people that we see in the clinic anyway that they they come and see us because they want to make good decisions for their yeah. body and they want to feel good. So I really can't see like any of my clients like going out and yeah. running around on a Kentucky tour style freaking <laughs> so that's why I'm not that worried about it yeah. I'm just like just go and have a good time you're not going to do that much damage I yeah. assure you like <laughs> that's it <laughs> <laughs> oh god anyway so um, yeah I think in in summary I think the big thing here in all of this is the fact that it does come down to just you as an individual, your personal choices that you make, how much of a priority all of this is for you. So if you want to eat well and you want to generally look after yourself when you're going overseas, you can do it. There's plenty of tools in the toolbox. We've highlighted a lot of them today talking through it. It's always achievable in some capacity, but in the same breath, don't do your head in over it. Yeah, exactly. Don't stress yourself out completely. Still enjoy yourself. Find that happy medium for you and it's going to differ from the person next to you. So find what yeah. works for you as an individual, as we always say. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Anything I've missed? Oh, do you know what? That is such good timing. Your puppy dog is just stretching. but he, The legs just went out in a stretch or maybe it was just a little dream stretch. I was like, she's waking up. Nah, she's she's definitely due for a wake up. It's getting to, it's honestly she's due for like I know it. I time her sleeping. I'm like, yep, yeah, it's getting to lunchtime. She'll <laughs> like wake up soon. Have a bit, and she has another mental spack out attack about four thirty in the afternoon to about five thirty. She just wakes up like she'll sleep from about two to four. If this is if I'm working from home, otherwise I think she just sleeps all day and waits for me to get home to go ballistic. <laughs> and then she gets up and she will just grab shit and just run around the house like a tornado. Like just it's just like someone gives her an adrenaline shot. It's just. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. <laughs> she is a child. She's seriously a child. Oh, my God. Mum's just like, what did mum call her this morning? Because um, oh, my back was sore and stuff and she was jumping around. I'm like, Zay, like, you just need to calm down. And mum's like, what did I say? I'm like, she's just so extra hypo this morning. And mum's like, no, you just have an arsehole of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mum. Yeah, she's cute though. That's my excuse for everything. She's cute. Mm, anyway well so, I think that's it is there anything we've missed I think we've covered it pretty well I think we have yeah I think as always if there's anything that pops up that people have questions about they can let us know in the in the um not the show notes that's not the right area <laughs> that's our area <laughs> they are a little bit rusty 
any of the comment areas, the iTunes, the socials, you know, those places you leave comments, let us yeah. know. We'll get back to you. Um, if there's, yeah, if you have any feedback or queries about any of the episodes you listen to, that's where you can leave that for us. Otherwise, I think that's it. We love it. As you know, when you share the podcast, um, just get it out there. We love seeing in particular when you guys do the little Insta stories and we see you walking and enjoying yeah, listening to I the show. That. They're our yeah. favorites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can obviously also subscribe to the show as well. Yeah. So we love it when you do that too. We pretty much just like it when you give us the podcast love. We like it when you like us. <laughs> yes. We're not needy. We just need you to like us. <laughs> yeah. We're your friends. That's it. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> We're not clingy. Oh, God. All right. Well, well that's guys. it from us. And um, we'll say goodbye and we'll chat to you again soon. Chat to you soon. Bye. Bye. Uh-huh.